0: The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk.
1: Last weekend, after Verstappen inevitably took the victory at the Qatar Grand Prix, all the drivers were of one mind. It was just too hot in the cockpit. Now, it's one thing to become dehydrated as you mosey along on your car. Uh, down by the Costa or wherever you might be on your hulls. It's quite another when you're taking curves at close to 300 kilometres an hour or bouncing through a chicane with your head bobbing about while you're dehydrated. The brain and the body need hydration to function at peak efficiency, which is what is required of a Formula One driver. I'm joined by Shane Hannon from Off the
2: Ball. Shane, good morning. Morning, Pat. So, what went wrong? Well, you say too hot, but also too dangerous. Uh, listen to this. So, Lance Stroll passed out in the car at the weekend in Qatar. Alex Albon had to be treated for, quote, acute heat exposure. Logan Sargent retired from the race due to extreme dehydration. George Russell said he nearly passed out as well. Lando Norris said it was much too dangerous to drive. And Esteban Ocon, in lap 15, uh, vomited in his helmet. And I'm sorry for anyone eating the breakfast this morning, but that's the reality. It's so dangerous. Uh,
1: um, what was different about it? I mean, we know in the Middle East, uh, temperatures can be high. But they race in other hot places. Now some of them the the races are uh, so late in the evening that the temperature drops. What went wrong in Qatar?
2: A a number of factors. So the ambient temperatures during the day in Qatar at the weekend uh, were 40 degrees then at night time they were still 30 degrees when the race took place. Uh, At at one point George Russell in the car in the cockpit was told the temperature was reaching 50 degrees Celsius in his cockpit. cockpit. Which is just remarkable. When you think that these lads are going around corners at 200 miles per hour concentration is paramount safety is key No, no form Formula One driver has, has died uh, from anything serious. Uh, I mean, Jules Bianchi in 2014 at the Japanese Grand Prix, you go back to Ayrton Senna in 1994, but the weekend was a bullet dodged for the FIA, for Formula One. Uh, they're very, very lucky that the driver wasn't killed because, I mean, they were they were literally passing out in the car. You saw some clips of drivers being pulled from the, from the car afterwards. Some of them looked, in my opinion, like they, they didn't know where they were. It was completely, completely bonkers. So many of them were driving literally on automatic pilot. It, re- remarkably, uh, when you think of the, the, these guys and what they do, uh, like, I almost felt like they, they were treated like puppets at the weekend, um, there for our for our pleasure and our entertainment. I know it's a money business as well in Formula One, um, mm-hmm. but safety has to be the number but one priority.
1: Can you see them you know, cancelling a race? or postponing it. You, they often will postpone the start of a race because of rain, for example. If the storm is coming in, they say, well, why put our drivers in jeopardy? Let's wait till that storm passes. They can put on their wet tyres and drive on a damp track. That's fine. Yeah. But can you imagine them saying, hang on, it's just too hot, lads. We're not, we're not going to drive.
2: Well, this is the thing. And a lot of people have said this since the weekend, Pat, as well, is that heat needs to be treated like on a completely wet track They need to have the same attitude because as you say, if there's a wet track, safety does become paramount, the safety car comes out, they decide not to start the race if it's too wet. I was was at a Grand Prix in Spa in Belgium uh, myself before, which was cancelled before the start because there was too much rain. Heat needs to be treated the exact same because we cannot see a repeat of what happened. Now, the Qatar Grand Prix next year is a little bit later in the calendar year, might not have the same issues again, but there are more races next year than ever before, 24
1: and then again, you can't presume that the temperature will be at any particular level at any time of the year. Now, with our own uh, very odd weather last week, at the, the beginning of the week, it was
2: positively balmy. 100%. And and like the, the, the problem is here, Formula One drivers have egos, let's be honest. There's only 20 of them on the grid. It's very competitive to get onto that position. Even with your teammate, you're competitive. So they're not going to turn around and say, oh, I don't want to race today. Esteban Ocon said... You'd have to kill me before you, you. I retire from the race now. One of the Logan Sargent had the sense to retire from the race the weekend, but 19 other drivers didn't. And you know you can't blame them either because they're all earning a wage and they don't want to retire. Was
1: there much communication that was heard on the TV coverage of? Uh, you know it it 's bloody hot in here,
2: we didn 't get as much as we should have, and look, the I know the I know, formula one don 't want the, the fans to maybe hear drivers complaining mm. about the heat and, and and maybe the the safety risks would have become too apparent to t v viewers um but one of the teams after the race felt the need to to say on their social media everyone 's okay, our two drivers are okay, which is remarkable mm. like to, to see a team actually saying by the way, our, both of our drivers are fine, but and, and that 's because of the t v images that you saw some of these drivers. Borderline fainting A couple of them did pass out In the medical room After the after the race You have a clip Yeah we have a clip so I was chatting to John Watson Former Formula 1 driver himself Five time race winner uh, He was chatting to myself on the, on the Formula 1 part And off the ball And he gave his views And this is what he had to say On the whole thing
0: At a particular circuit Where you've got a lot of high G, In high temperatures High humidity And the expectation is That you have to push For the entirety Of the, of the Grand Prix And some drivers Seem to have that capacity More than others I mean, look, I've, I've also vomited in my helmet, not in a race, but doing a test. And I can assure you it is no pleasant thing. Or to find yourself going through a sequence of very fast corners, maybe the preparation for drivers now in light of the possibility of having a number of races consecutively where you're running in these extreme conditions, they might look at how they prepare their drivers. And I still maintain that there is a difference between preparing a driver for his race fitness and preparing a driver to have a stamina, a level of stamina, that will enable them to con- you know, drive through that event relatively comfortably.
1: So they're going to have to have a look at it anyway, and uh, whether they just push it back down the, the calendar. Um, there are so many races, though, and uh, this year with Verstappen running away with mm-hmm. it literally, um, not that much excitement from these last few races.
2: I know and that's the thing and maybe the producers of Drive to Survive will be licking their lips uh, in a very uh, dark way thinking well this is this makes for an interesting episode mm-hmm. drivers almost fainting on the side. The other thing at the weekend Pat that, that worsened this uh, and was the fact that it was a three stru- stop strategy. It was mandated because of the, the conditions as well. So that meant that, that drivers didn't have to worry about tyre degradation. They could go flat out flat out so that there was no sometimes you know drivers can relax during a race because they know the tyre changes are are, you know, up to them but because every driver could go flat out around these bends there was no lap where they could relax their concentration was paramount for the entirety of this race which only led to more dangerous conditions and you think oh it's it's at night time it can't be that bad 30 degrees at night time the humidity was at 70% uh, and, and these guys just did not want to stop. The, the FIA have come out as well, Pat, afterwards and they've said, look, we're going to change some, some things as well. We're going to discuss these at an upcoming medical commission meeting in Paris. Uh, guidance for competitors, research into airflow in the cockpit and how that can be improved uh, and changes to the calendar as well to kind of leave gaps between these types of races. Uh, but Yuki Sonoda, one of the drivers, opened up his, his visor at one point to, to bring in airflow and then sand got in his eyes, which led to more danger. So, I mean, all the things that the, the FIA might say that could help led to even more dangers so I don't know what the answer is here but you see
1: in other sports uh, having the mandatory water break for example we're seeing it in the World Cup yeah um, and even in matches uh, you see it where it's not even that warm exactly they, they just do it now It's hydration is hugely
2: important 100% you see the famous images of Steve Staunton with the, with the hat on and USA 94 it's not, it's not new in sport there are a lot of, there's a lot of research that's gone into dehydration in sport uh, you know Barry McGuigan I think even had a fight where he blamed the dehydration on, on, on losing when he was defending the world title Uh Like, even at the Rugby World Cup, we've seen it in Paris at the start where the temperatures were quite high. The World Cup in Qatar had to be put to winter because obviously a summer tournament would not be possible in that heat. Uh, So, sport has a real problem here. And look, I don't want to bring it back to climate change, but I mean, it's only going to get worse as the decades roll on. So, certainly has to be something that's thought about. But in Formula One, it's particularly dangerous.
1: Shane Hannon from Off the Ball. Thank you very much for joining us. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9 a.m. on News Talk.